The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Bring in show music, please. This is Squawk Pod. I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on our podcast, Facebook at a crossroads. One of its earliest investors is holding out hope that it'll do more good than harm. LinkedIn co-founder Reid Hoffman. You know, I have confidence that the company is a learning company. There seems to be a bunch of data that you're ignoring some internal reports, but we also think you're probably doing things. You now need to be more transparent about what you're doing. Billionaires, look out. Democrats are coming for you. And others might be getting on board. I've never said don't tax billionaires. I kind of want to do it. Those stories, plus Jack Dorsey's two cents on inflation and nation state hacks ramping up CNBC's Eamon Jabbers. Microsoft says the Russians have done the same amount of hacking in three months here that all other nation state hackers did in the previous three years. It's Monday, October 25th, 2021. Squawk Pod begins right now. Stand under by in three, two, one, cue Andrew. Good morning and welcome to Squawk Box right here on CNBC. I'm Andrew Ross Sorkin along with Joe Kernan. Becky is off right now. Hey, Joe, welcome back. Thank nice you. Nice to see you, sir. Thank you. Good. To, you look, uh, I don't know, that two shot, I don't know, handsome, handsome men. I, I don't, Thank you. Know, you. Not, not two for, handsome men. Uh, not for nothing, but uh, I mean, we're not like unbelievable, but uh, not bad. You know what I mean? Not, not that looks mean anything. I'm not objectifying you or anything, but uh, I don't feel bad. Uh, about this. I feel okay. I feel okay. Joe, you, you missed a couple of these. We had, a, we had a lot of earnings last week, and so it's, but it's been a, it was been kind of a wild ride, actually. Yeah, I did miss those. Uh, it's an up and down I'm, story. I'm, uh, you know, I'm doing some remedial work, uh, trying to, anything I miss, you know, going through each show minute by minute. I will tell you, Andrew, that uh, we may be getting closer together on some of this stuff with the billionaires. Uh, you know, we have complained. And I have complained. Yep. You said you were going to do it. And, and here you come up with you're just hitting average wealthy people. I don't know if there's such a thing, but most of, of whom are paying in, in if you're in New Jersey or New York or California right. or Illinois, you're paying over 50 percent. Right? And once again, the billionaires are going to get a pass on all that uh, appreciation that, that, that we've seen. And they, they were still and, and we talk about you let the. You know, your holdings run up for a period of years. They compound. Then you take a loan against it. You live like a billionaire, but you don't pay any taxes. Now, the only problem I have now with this thing, uh, Andrew, is it is it going to go back or is it going to be taxed on gains from here on out? Because everything's already there. You know, what? if you really want to do it, I mean, who knows where the Nasdaq goes from here? It's already up so much. They've already got it. Right. So if you're going to tax future gains, even if they're not realized, that's one thing. But I I hate to say this. If we're going to do it, let's just do the let's just tax the entire wealth of some of these guys and not just. And I'm not talking. Remember what when I told Elizabeth Warren what she was saying, she was doing what, 100 million or more at 2 percent and then the rest at 3 percent? Let's do it. Let's do a billion or more at 10 percent. 
What do you think? I think you're being sarcastic. I think. No, I'm not totally. I'm not totally. Because no, how are we going to... You know, I don't love they've already, tax. They already I don't got love it. the idea of taxing... I don't love the, the idea of taxing unrealized gains. I just don't. I, I don't That's what I, I mean. It doesn't so make sense So what about a wealth... What about like a property tax? What about... I can't believe I'm well, saying it. But if you want well, to get at it... That's what Elizabeth Warren has talked... You're Elizabeth not going to get talked at, about a wealth tax as a property tax. But, but I, yeah... But uh, that was going to do uh, do it on a yearly basis. Realize uh, maybe not. Maybe she could. Do, I can't even believe I'm talking about it. But if, if you decide that you're going to go there, which I think goes against a lot of precedent and constitution and property rights and everything else. But if you're going to go there, you might as well get something for what you're doing. And if it's just what they make this year, no, it's uh, they already got two hundred billion dollars. Some of them, and who knows? Do you think the, you're, you're, you like the idea of a one-time tax? Is that what you're suggesting? Oh, I don't know. These guys got a lot of money. If we really think we, you know, if I, if I was convinced we could do something good with the money, especially. And there are some things that, that really? need to be it's done. It's so interesting of you because I, you know, my view is close all the loopholes around estate taxes. Well, that, we got to do that, too. Yeah, deal with the philanthropy stuff and deal with carried interest. I don't know about, that. All, I don't know are, about your philanthropy. That's the, you know, then you're, then you're doing the unintended consequences dance. And I don't want to, you know, compromise what that. What about this? this? You don't think this is unintended? This would have enormous unintended consequences, no? I just am glad that, that they, they were watching Squawk Box and they've listened yep. to us say, you said you were going to do this, and there's nothing in there. And then all of a sudden it appeared last week. I was on a golf course, and I was like, oh, okay. That, uh. And you know what, Andrew? It's so easy to point the finger at who are we going to tax. How about, how about them? Um, why should I stand up for billionaires? What have I got to do with billionaires? Where do they, you know, what, what do they mean to me or me to them? Nothing. Why am I going to stick my neck out for I don't billionaires? Know. It feels like the, the roles are reversing all again <laughs> one more time now. That happens a lot. I don't know what to do. I don't know. A warning for every U.S. company uh, and the government. Microsoft says the solar winds hackers are back at it again, uh, stepping up attacks on tech supply chain. Uh, you safe, Eamon? You don't have to worry about uh, the billionaire surtax, do you? You're, you're one of us. I, I'm a thousandaire, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. That's all I got. I'm not, that, that, there's a hard ceiling on that. <laughs> okay. Microsoft is announcing that it's found another wave of attacks by the Russian intelligence service that is acting just like the devastating solar winds hack that we saw last year by the Russian SVR, their foreign intelligence service. This is another supply chain hack targeting resellers and other technology service providers uh, that provide customized, uh, provide customized and deploy uh, cloud services and other technologies on behalf of their customers. The idea here is that the Russians hack the malware into the supplier's products, and then when they sell them to their large corporate and government clients, the malware gets in there too. Microsoft says between July 1st and October 19th of this year, we informed 609 customers that they had been targeted 22,868 times by Nobelium. That's what Microsoft calls this group, which has been identified as the Russian SVR. So this is an enormous increase in nation-state hacking. By comparison, Microsoft says the Russians have done the same amount of hacking in three months here that all other nation-state hackers did in the previous three years. That is a lot of hacking. Now, Microsoft believes the Russians are digging in for the long haul on this. They say all of this, uh, all of this also is going to be bad news for the Biden administration, which has been talking about the apparent lull in Russian ransomware hacking since the Biden-Putin summit in Geneva over the summer. 
A U.S. government official says based on the details of Microsoft's blog, the activities described were unsophisticated password spray and phishing, run-of-the-mill operations for the purpose of surveillance that we already know are attempted by Russia every day. So, guys, uh, there's a distinction being made here between sort of disruptive hacking that interferes with critical infrastructure and the sort of passive spying that we see from the Russians all the time. That's the U.S. government officials take on this, guys. Back over to you. I mean, we've had, you know, it's, it's not new, Eamon, and people, they're, they're every week we have people on the show that say they have an answer for this. Haven't, haven't uh, there been a, a lot of, uh, I don't know, uh, protective measures taken over the past six months since since this uh, first reared its ugly head that's not working? Well, look, I mean, what what the U.S. government official is saying here is that some basic protections could work uh, if the cloud suppliers use them and just some basic cybersecurity hygiene uh, could go a long way to stopping this. And it's a low percentage game. They're getting uh, single digit percentage success here. But if you multiply that out over 20,000 attacks, you're talking about thousands of attacks that are successful, right? So uh, on some level, it's really difficult to prevent everything. All they have to do is be successful once, and they can kind of spray the entire infrastructure of the supply chain with these attacks. Some of that is going to get in, and then some of that's going to make its way uh, into the larger clients, the, the government clients and the other clients that the Russians are interested in. So it's very difficult to protect everywhere, all the time, every single thing. All right. Thank you, uh, Eamon. Billionaire in training, I think we'll call you. Uh, it's a thousand. In training. Thanks, Eamon. We'll see you later. In corporate news, this is big. And we were talking about it all last week because a lot of people thought it was going to happen. PayPal rejecting reports now that it is in talks to buy Pinterest. The company says it is not pursuing a deal at this time. Now, reports last week said the companies were in early discussions with sources saying that PayPal had offered about $70 a share for Pinterest. At that price, a deal would have been the biggest acquisition of a social media platform, topping Microsoft's $26 billion purchase of LinkedIn in 2016. Of course, John Fork gave us both sides. We did the on the other hand, uh, Joe, with uh, with John last week on this on this very issue. And you saw Thursday. that uh, PayPal stock had, had taken a dive as a result of uh, of the news. Uh, investors didn't seem to love it. Of course, uh, Pinterest investors did. And now you're seeing the reverse this morning. I think it was on the range. But then trying to find a, a, a swing, uh, Andrew, with varying degrees of success. I saw Dune, Sorkin. We may talk about that a little yeah. bit. You got to see the it theaters? in the theaters. You got to see it in the theater. You got to see it in the theater. You do. You got to see it in the theater. Not only because the seats recline at this place, but also the, the butter flavored popcorn. But you know what? I'm gonna, I loved it, by the way, because uh, I love Frank. I loved the, the book initially. And the, the first movie was like, I don't know what that was. But but this is amazing and this guy is the new leo timothy talame he's amazing you know okay. what i'm gonna do though this streaming combo thing it's working for me it's working for me because i'm gonna watch, watch it, again. it i'm gonna watch it again with subtitles i'm gonna watch it again oh. with subtitles because you know in that theater the, the sound was great but there i missed there are certain things i missed i saw someone say something kind of interesting that just like the movie tenet I had no idea what right. was going on for Dune and Tenant, but I loved. I thoroughly enjoyed the entire. <laughs> I, I knew mostly what was going on from reading the book, but uh, they did a great job. It's it is really cool. It's really okay. Well, and I was going to watch it. Last night. I, was, I was going to watch Succession last night, and I saw Dune was on because it's it's did on you the watch it? Max service. So. You didn't watch it. I didn't. It. I I wanted to get my beauty sleep. Halloween kills. Will, uh, Halloween kills does not kill. 
It's a universal no? movie. Halloween Kills is great. Halloween Kills is great. It's hard to oh, redo. No, it's hard to redo uh, that original. It's, hard. it's better than any of the other sequels. I'll say that. But, and if you just like the blood and gore, it's really good. I admit that. Jamie Lee isn't in it that much. I don't know. You're not a horror no. guy, are you? No. I'm not a horror guy. We're heading to a quick break. LinkedIn, LinkedIn. Why is that? Uh, why am I thinking of that? We got Reed Hoffman in just, oh, just a couple minutes. Oh, I knew that. More Squawk Pod with Reed Hoffman on Facebook status, stealing code, and technology's role in fixing the supply chain crunch. Today, we're 60,000 truck drivers short. We're probably going to be 160,000 truck drivers short by uh, the end of the year. I think part of what technology brings is an ability to be much more efficient and all that. We're back after this. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. And we're back. This is Squawk Pod from CNBC. Facebook is taking more hits to its public image thanks to a series of articles by major news organizations over the past few days. The reporting is based on internal company documents, including some provided by whistleblower Francis Hagen. I saw Facebook repeatedly encounter conflicts between its own profits and our safety. Facebook consistently resolved these conflicts in favor of its own profits. The result has been more division, more harm, more lies, more threats. She testifies today in front of British lawmakers as part of a global and highly choreographed campaign to reveal the inside view of the world's largest social network. Over the weekend, the Wall Street Journal detailed how politics have, in key instances, been a major factor in Facebook's decision-making. On Friday, the Associated Press and the New York Times reported on employee alarm over the spread of misinformation on Facebook, especially around the January 6th violence at the U.S. Capitol. The reports raising key questions about privacy, moderation, and transparency for the $925 billion social media giant come just ahead of the company reporting third-quarter earnings, expected after the bell tonight. Investors are split on how these controversies might affect those results and how it will all play out in the long term. We spoke to one of Facebook's early investors, the co-founder of LinkedIn, Reid Hoffman, about all of this and a lot more. Here's Andrew kicking off that conversation. Reid, it's great to see you this morning. Curious what you thought as you read these pieces over the weekend about Facebook and, and Mark Zuckerberg, uh, somebody you know very, very well? Yeah. 
Look, I, I think that one of the, the key things that we now need to have a much better sense of, given the whistleblower and given the information and given the question responses, what is the company's uh, reactions? What is it doing? What is it? It says that, well, we're investing a bunch of money, but how are you investing it? And what are you doing? And how are you making the trade-off between session time and so forth? And, and I think that that you know, I have confidence that the company is a learning company and, you know, there's things to do. And, you know, some of the things about, um, you know, Francis Hagen's uh, testimony, you should look, there's this huge potential for Facebook to do good in the world. It just needs to invest more coherently. And I think the result of the whistleblower and these these considerations say, well, look, now that there seems to be a bunch of data that you're ignoring some internal reports, but we also think you're probably doing things and you now need to be more transparent about what you're doing. And that's what I would hope we would see more of, right. you know, this week, next week, Next month. What do you think when you hear someone like Mark Benioff compare Facebook to a tobacco company, for example? Well, among other things, just like, you know, Frances Hagen, the whistleblower herself said, is that is that Facebook has a lot of uh, does a lot of good and has a lot of opportunity for doing good as well. It's not just the connectivity of like sharing experiences and connecting family members and all the rest, but there is this whole kind of flow of information. And so one of the things that I find is kind of challenging about the tobacco comparison is, you know, look, maybe there's some, you know, kind of like, a, you know, stimulative benefits nicotine, but the overall balance is is mishealth, not a bunch of good things as well. And that's one of the things that I find that the, that, you know, that like I, I get the hidden report, the hidden report you're not doing something about, or it doesn't seem so far from your statements that you're doing something about, you know, causes a like deep concern, especially when it gets to kids and so forth. On the other hand, there are a lot of very demonstrated, you know, kind of very positive impacts uh, to Facebook as well. And they exist already and can be amplified. And so that's where I find the comparison, frankly, falls short. One of the things that investors are going to look at tonight, and I'd be curious because this is impacting, I think, all of the valley and, and technology across the board, which is that Apple in its latest iOS changed the privacy settings and made it a lot easier for users to effectively opt out of being tracked we saw what that did to the earnings of Snap. What do you think it does to Facebook and what do you think it does to the industry more broadly? Well, I do think it will, you know, naturally, of course, um, you know, cause some challenges um, because, in fact, they rely on that data. On the other hand, I also think technological advances in artificial intelligence and other things will broadly actually allow them to even recover from those things, even within the advertising thing. I think controls for users in privacy is obviously a great thing. It's one of the things that I think we should all be doing more of in the tech industry and in, in various ways. And, you know, by the way, some of the my own personal investments, um, Neva, a new search engine. And it could be very interesting to see Apple say this isn't going to just apply to to, you know, kind of like uh, social apps, but also, for example, you know, their deal with Google and other kinds of things saying, look, users able to choose their own privacy and choose their own. Like, I want search to be on my side, not just kind of advertising searched, you know, like like Neva. I think those are great options that the tech industry, including Apple, should be bringing to consumers. Right. Another issue I know you've been giving a lot of thought to is the supply chains that the, uh, the country is confronting. Uh, you've been uh, investing in some components, if you will, of infrastructure pieces, maybe that might help the supply chain over time. But how do you think the technology industry can 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 change this dynamic right now? Well, we're today we're 60,000 truck drivers short. We're probably going to be 160,000 truck drivers short by uh, the end of the year. Uh, obviously, uh, many people are experiencing the delays, the port crises, and a bunch of other things. I think part of what technology brings is an ability to be much more efficient in all that. So Aurora 
the self-driving car uh, company that uh, has great uh, um, kind of partnerships with Packar and Volvo already is, is working with FedEx between Houston and Dallas. It's on the road. The, the, the Aurora a autonomous vehicle driver is on the road. And I think those kinds of things will enable society to run much better, uh, get goods to where they need to be, whether it's medical goods or you have the thing you're ordering for your you know, kids during the holidays. I think that kind of thing is part of what technology brings. And then you have to bring a network approach. So like, how do you create like an Uber-like you know, kind of network of trucks? You know, that's like another uh, technology contribution through Convoy. And so I think these kinds of, of upgrades to our logistics infrastructure are part of how we create productivity, part of how we create prosperity. And I think uh, those are uh, lenses by which I think the technology industry will be helping uh, the rest of the country. Reed, but a policy question. Those are two companies that you're invested in. Do you think the government, given given we have now an infrastructure package that, that may is at least on the table, should be in investing in these types of companies directly, should be creating other incentives to invest in companies like this? What, what do you think should should happen or shouldn't it? And is it happening already simply because the market forces are here? You're obviously investing in these kind of companies. So I generally think that it's a very good thing for government to be investing in kind of basic science and tech uh, to be doing the platform. I mean, the Internet itself came through DARPA. Um, so I think that's a good thing. I think, generally speaking, direct investment, usually the government doesn't have the right capabilities. That's what the, the investing industry is for. Um, I do think that uh, part of the thing is to say, well, you know, the industry is very focused on safety, um, but like, let's focus on getting this progress so that it benefits the entire infrastructure. So a lot of it comes to do with let's let's make regulatory efficient. Let's let's make sure that safety is there. Let's make sure that the the understanding and the impact of the infrastructure is there. But we might get six times the throughput on current infrastructure with autonomous vehicles. We might get a 90 percent reduction in, you know, kind of uh, roadside fatalities, which are a huge uh, issue. And so facilitating the, the, the regulatory future going faster is probably the more important thing right. that uh, government should be doing. Reed, and I got to ask you separately, uh, you've been an outspoken Democrat for quite some time. The Democrats, the, the uh, Biden administration, plenty to tax. I imagine people like you, actually, if you, if you really look at what that billionaire's tax is set up to do, um, but it effectively means that they would be taxing unrealized gains. What do you think? Well, I think it's a you want to you want to be careful about how you're uh, look ultimately strong positive on on increasing progressive taxation and the folks who are uh, who have the good fortune to be wealthier uh, like myself and other people who are obviously wealthier than me I think that's a good thing to have a disproportionate progressive thing now the unrealized capital gains the question is you want to make sure that you're investing and building in the future I get the deferral of taxes and that compounding is you know one of the things that creates higher wealth inequality, and that's something you want to pay attention to. But like, if I were looking at that, I'd say, make sure that as many years in the future that allows you to build these private companies into these public global companies. Because by the way, that ultimately benefits the U.S. as well. Like, for example, all the top tech giants get more than half their revenue from overseas. You want to be able to get that compounding to happen. And then finally, uh, you have uh, pursued a, a bunch of SPACs we were just talking about another SPAC by uh, somebody you have been outspoken against, which is former President Trump. What do you make of that? He wants to effectively create a social a, a social media company. Do you think do you think that Silicon Valley will, quote, platform that company? 
<laughs> well, um, I think Silicon Valley will pursue kind of what the demands of the market are. Um, I think that they won't per se lean in one way or the other on the on the political side of it. Um, you know, obviously, I think part of the thing is is getting something that has broader uh, appeal, and I uh, I would hope that this the the, the that the new uh, social media company, which seems to, by the way, be stealing code or at least mislicensing the the the, the environment, will 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 actually be within the the uh, kind of call it legal regulatory structure and 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 be delivering a service that will apply appeal to a broad a broad swath of Americans, just like you know most of these technology platforms try to do. Oh, the go, but go back, hold it, hold it back. I don't know about this. You say they're stealing co- code. What's happening? They're apparently, from what I've read, um, and this is also reading through the news, is that um, they're taking an open source uh, code project, uh, claiming that it's proprietary clo- code, and um, uh, and that's against the, the 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 terms of the open source code project. Which it's totally fine to use open source code, but you should follow the 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 the, the, the contract behind it. it it's it's not mm-hmm. so, it, otherwise you're 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 breaking you're you're essentially stealing it. Um, and so that's that's the thing that I that I read about when I was reading up on on the actual new proposed network. I am imagining you're not investing. No. Reed Hoffman, always good to see you. Thank you. Great to see you. Thank you, Andrew. Cheese will be next. Coming up on Squawk Pod, hyperinflation and look out, billionaires. Tax changes are on the agenda. CNBC's Alan Moy. This is incredibly new. It would be a sea change in the way the IRS calculates income and what it considers as income. We'll be right back. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Stan Andrew by. You're listening to Squawk Pod. Up and Andrew, Hugh. Good morning and welcome back to Squawk Box right here on CNBC. I'm Andrew Ross Sorkin, along with Joe Kernan. Becky's off today making headlines. Jack Dorsey weighing into the national inflation conversation over the weekend. The Twitter and Square CEO saying things are going to get considerably worse, he says. In a weekend tweet, Dorsey said that hyperinflation is going to change everything. Adding then in a follow-up reply, it'll happen in the U.S. soon and the world. The tweet comes uh, with consumer price inflation running near a 30-year high. We're not there yet, Joe, are we? Are we really there? Are we in hyperinfl- hyperinflation? That's like what happens in, I mean, in Argentina. I, I, I respect Jack and everything he's done. Uh, you, it, it should, if you were to give me your forecast on inflation, should I immediately reject yours and say, well, Jack knows? Or, I mean, what, what, why am I? What, no. Why, what, so it's one man's opinion. One man's opinion. He's been, okay. by the way, he's been right about Bitcoin um, right. pretty much along the way. Right. So why? Um, we we, we got to go back in time. You, you, you've been right for, for a while, though. So I'm I'm, I'm I, well, my, I don't wear, it wear was, a hat. It was, was 8,000. It, it was 8,000. You can Google it. You can. You can. Uh, meantime, let's talk about Dorsey, because he wasn't the only one talking about inflation this weekend. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen said that inflation will remain near 
uh, high levels until the second half of next year. That's her prediction. Yellen suggesting that global supply chain crunches have made the issues worse, but stressed they will subside. She also pushed back on some recent criticism from former Treasury Secretary Larry Summers on Democrats' spending making inflation worse. I think he's wrong. I don't think we're about to lose control of inflation. I agree, of course, we are going through a period of inflation that's higher than Americans have seen in a long time. And it's something that's obviously a concern and worrying them. But we haven't lost control. You immediately sort of... uh... Don't you think the, the, the disclaimer is she's part of the administration now, Andrew? I mean, it, it, I don't necessarily think it, right. that carries the same weight as, as when she was. It's a different role. It's a different job. And, it, and, and the, the uh, requirements of the position are totally different than when she was head of the, the Federal Reserve. Although they seem to be in denial, too, <laughs> to some extent. About, uh, about inflation. Uh, they've been, yeah, but they've about been in denial about inflation for the past 12 months, yeah. maybe. What do you think? been this, about 12 months now. So when someone it's supposed to be transitory. That, we heard it 100 times. I was on a plane uh, headed south, Andrew, and you could see out in the Atlantic, it, it, there, are, there were literally 50 or 60 major great big boats docked out there uh, passing Savannah. There really were. And people say it's like, um, it's like a five-lane highway going into one lane. Have you ever seen what happens when one lane is closed on, on the highway? It is it's, it's, you can't understand it. But the, that traffic jam may go back 10 miles when, when there's one lane closed. So that's a, that's a scary way of thinking about it. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi saying yesterday that Democrats are close to finalizing an agreement on the social safety net plan that would allow for the bipartisan infrastructure bill to move forward. I've said already we've 90 percent of the bill agreed to and written. We just have some of the last uh, decisions to be made. Uh, it is less than we had uh, was projected to begin with, but it's still bigger than anything we have ever done in, in, in terms of addressing the needs of America's working families. I want to get straight over to Elon Moy, who joins us now with more in Washington this morning. Good morning. Good morning, Andrew. Well, Democrats are hoping that this is going to be the week that their economic agenda finally comes to fruition. Lawmakers had set a soft target of October 31st to pass that bipartisan infrastructure bill and the social spending package. And a source told me that the House is aiming to vote on the infrastructure bill on Wednesday. That's the final step before it would go to the president's desk. However, that timing could easily slip if there's no agreement yet on the social spending package. When President Biden had breakfast at his home in Delaware yesterday with Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and moderate Senator Joe Manchin, the White House called it a productive discussion and said that they will stay in close touch. Now, among the outstanding items, a $150 billion program that pays utilities to convert to clean electricity. Manchin opposes this, but it accounts for roughly a third of the emissions reductions in the bill. There's also expanding Medicare to include dental benefits, a paid family leave program, the enhanced child tax credit, and of course, how to pay for it all. Now, Speaker Pelosi had indicated the new tax plan could come out today, though I am hearing that it may not actually happen until later this week. And guys, we'll get a better sense of where things stand once the Senate reconvenes this afternoon. Andrew. Elon, we have been talking about that tax plan, as you know, all morning. What's going to be the holdup in terms of between now and then? Are are things going to change? Are things still shifting? Yeah, well, certainly the trying to build that consensus around the billionaire tax plan is 
one of the sticking points in this. We know one of the problems is that uh, Senator Kristen Sinema doesn't see any um, support for increasing a capital gains tax, and that's sort of what this might be. Um, over in the House side, uh, the head of the tax writing committee, Richie Neal, has proposed something very different, something more close to a true wealth tax. I think it's a 3% surtax on uh, people with uh, millionaires who have a certain level of income. Um, and he's supported something like that because he says it is simpler than the plan that has come out of the Senate, who is the one that is really supporting this sort of um, unrealized gains for billionaires tax. Um, so the legislative language around that's going to be really tricky to write. Um, and so we will have to wait and see how that comes out of the Senate. But there's going to be a difficulty in getting both chambers and all Democrats in support of it. This is incredibly new. It would be a sea change in the way the IRS uh, calculates income and what it considers as income. And a lot of Democrats just haven't thought deeply about this yet. So it's going to be coming at them at the last minute. Okay. Elon Moore in Washington, bring us the latest as always. Look forward to seeing you soon. Joe, you 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 want to tax the billionaires? I mean, I'm not not three percent. What would John McEnroe say right now if he not, was on the air with you? Right? I don't know what he was talking about. He he he's a little. He was always confused when he was on um, when he did that show too. Um, but um, when I ask him, you know, I've never said don't tax billionaires. I kind of want to do it. I'm talking about whether we go above fifty five, sixty percent on on just average people. I don't know whether you call them average. We vilify everyone now in the, in in this world. I thought it was, it, it, I like when Alon said, it, a lot of Democrats haven't really thought this through. Hmm, really? That's, uh, that's unusual. That's uh, something we haven't, something we haven't seen before, Andrew. But I don't want to do three. Let's do ten, man. Let's, is, is ten going to hurt someone with $80 See, billion? Now, dollars? You go, now you're Why doing do the straw three? man. Straw no, man. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I am not. I am not doing straw man. I'm serious. I'm as serious as a heart really? attack. Yes. Okay. I'm serious as a heart attack. What else was I was I thinking uh, listening to that? I don't know. I, I honestly, Andrew, rather than, than raising overall rates, raising uh, corporate taxes, if, if you're going to go after these guys have had a sort of a catch 20, or not a catch 22, but it is a, a benefit that has not. And, but you know what? I don't How know many what's happening on vacation. I don't I, know. I'm just I, I think I it's fascinating. How many of those people are Democrats? That we're talking about those billionaires, Buffett, uh, just go down the list. They'll never right. do it. They'll never do it. They don't even do carried interest because their friends are all Democrats. Well, that is true. That is true. And as they're you all know. getting money from that. It's all right. Let's say it all the time. You know, they're all part of the same hypocrisy. And that's the podcast for today. Thanks for starting your week with us at Squawk Pod. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 Eastern. And follow this podcast wherever you listen. Tweet us at Squawk CNBC, and we'll meet you back here tomorrow. We are clear. Thanks, guys. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. 
See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.